Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Sports Joe presents the GAA Hour. Hello, everyone. You're all uh, very welcome to the show. Um, we had a, a great weekend of football. I think um, we'll start off with Tyrone against Galway, just because it's it's freshest in the in the mind um, after being on television yesterday. Um, what were Tyrone doing, Lee, that they wouldn't take a shot when when they had the chance? Uh, Joe McQuillan. I suppose maybe he was actually a little bit harsh, but uh, yeah, I think everyone's going straight on the the bandwagon of saying that drone took too long, and there's been no blame on Joe McQuillan, but. Uh yeah, you know, no, you got to take responsibility for them things. I, I was urging them to take a shot. Throne were obsessed with that far left corner as well. Kept playing it into there, coming out and then going back into there. And you're sort of like, guys, you gotta, you got to work an opportunity here because you're playing with fire. And whether Joe blew it up even a little too early or not, the fact that you gave him that decision to make, you know, he didn't need to. Kieran Daly was probably in a situation where he could have shot. Potty Hamsey <coughs> maybe in a situation where he could have shot. But it did look like Niall Morgan was free then when when the whistle blew but the fact that he didn't complain when the whistle blew probably shows that like yeah the shot should have been taken earlier and someone should have stood up and took responsibility but you know we talked a lot about how being a, a young Tyrone team and as hopefully we can just put that down to inexperience and a lesson learned yeah uh, I thought Tamsi of all people was going to take the shot because he loves yeah. one off the outside of the boot he doesn't loves he him, loves uh, him and he's brilliant at them yeah. you know for good reason as well and um, himself and Michael McKernan I think they have like a little secret competition where they try to see who can score the most, most outrageous one they get it, well, at least one each in a game and McKernan got one uh, earlier in that half it was a beauty to be fair and I was sort of thinking as like Hamsey's going to come up now and have, mm. have a go himself because he, he is a master at it so I don't know like I mean people have been sort of pointing the finger at Kieran Daly for not taking the shot because it was on his right foot he'd scored three points already that game and he was playing really well but do you know, I, I'm thinking he maybe heard Niall, who's definitely not quiet on the pitch. You know, he's he's a real leader. I think we're going to talk about how brilliant he's been in, in that match. He maybe heard him, you know, roaring for because he in a situation with space. And you know, when you're the younger player and you hear that <coughs> sort of voice of authority, you you, you just pass the ball literally, and it, then it sort of looks more like you're passing the buck. And I'm not putting the blame on Niall either because everyone should be demanding the ball in that situation. You know, trying to stand up and take responsibility but it made it so frustrating because that game was there for the winning <coughs> as much as Galway had improved like I mean I think Tyrone would be kicking themselves yeah they probably will um, I suppose uh, you kind of would expect the daily when he was going so well that he might you know take the opportunity but uh, these things happen um, Galway uh, Power Choice is I was I was laughing at his interview after the, the game like he was obviously he was you know he was delighted that they won because they needed to win big time, uh-huh. but uh, it kind of struck me like how tough of a taskmaster he is. Like that, uh, he described uh, Finnerty and Matthew Tierney both miss frees before half time, yeah. and he described them as inexcusable. <laughs> uh, he said that um, this after game as well. Kieran Malai knows, and we said at half time he has to get more urgency in his game. He didn't do it. We gave him five minutes to try and do it. He didn't do it. Uh, Daniel did Daniel O'Flaherty came in got a point for it 
in fairness to him. So he took off Kieran Malai straight away because yeah. he didn't have urgency in his game. And I actually thought Kieran Malai was playing well. Yeah. I was only saying that to you earlier. but Yeah, well, I think going in general were sort of lacking urgency, and but they did come out in the second well, half. They were a bit more, a bit more urgent than they have been. Yeah, you know, well, in the second half, he obviously read the riot act to them because they did come out but yeah poor choice he, he definitely doesn't you know he doesn't hold any prisoners um, I think we interviewed maybe I interviewed Shane, uh, Shane Walsh last year and he was talking about then he kicked nine points in the final in the All-Ireland final against Kerry and Pork reminded him that well I kicked ten <laughs> oh, yeah. like that's his response to things he's just very yeah and pound. even Carl Sweeney he got the goal and Park Joyce said this is on TG Carr he said he probably should have got the second goal as well <laughs> if he stepped around the keeper like <laughs> yeah because in fairness, he probably would have done that himself, like. Yeah, yeah, no, listen. He I mean, can say it, like. Yeah, if you're as good a finisher as he was, then I'd say um, you, you could probably look down on pretty much anybody because he, he, he was immense. But I'm sort of thinking from, God, what must Brian do be thinking? Because, like, when even the way Tyrone leaked the goal and some of the, the mistakes there, you know, Durr wouldn't have allowed any of that on, when he was on the pitch, you know, in the standards that he set. So I'd say he, he his voice is ringing in the Tyrone boys' ears as well. Yeah, Um Tron, like, how are you feeling about them? Well, not brilliant, obviously. Like, the win against Ross Common, I thought, was huge because the team was so young. And then I thought, as the league went on, you know, say every other game, you know, one of the mainstays start to get filtered back in and they get a little bit stronger. Then hopefully, by the end of the league, you're in a, a healthy position where you've got a great mix of youth and uh, experience. But the experienced players don't seem to really be coming back. If anything, they picked up more injuries. Dar McCurry missed the game after only coming back for the Derry match. Uh, Kieran McGeary's back he came off the bench so it's good to see that he, that he that he's back involved hasn't played a lot of football uh, for Tyrone this year um, but still very reliant on, on these young fellas who the Sigerson Cup was in the middle of the week and a large con- Tyrone contingent was in that Sigerson Cup most notably like you know the Canavan brothers and stuff uh, so they've been balancing that whilst also being thrust into the starting team and having the whole county, you know, sort of reliant on them to get through yeah. this league campaign. You so can kind of see the kind of like yeah. Dara kind of in the last two weekends, you could see he was like he he lit it up in the Sigurds final yeah. and was good the week four as well. And you could see he was a bit tired. Well, he's playing like a game every three or four days, four days at this yeah. stage, you know. So this will be their first full week where they have all the young boys back without the Sigurds. And you know, I know Calm O'Rourke. I'm I've gone full Calm O'Rourke here, but I'm just I'm just sort of being hopeful about it. But I definitely did see positives. Like I mean. Kieran Daly, like we already mentioned, how, how good he is. I think Shawnee O'Donnell's a really clever player. Niall Devlin as well um, is, is, is a good footballer. Uh, but then the boys who did bring experience, you know, like I thought Con Kilpatrick was fantastic, but far and away, Niall Morgan is Jerome's best player at the minute. You know, he is so influential. Like kicking a point from play, kicking important freeze, 45s. Like, and then he's a proper goalkeeper as well. You know, this isn't your typical sticking out field player in no. the Nets situation and um, the saves he make are like goalkeeper proper saves and then that catch when he caught Matthew Tierney's uh, 45 <laughs> about two foot above the crossbar I'm not sure I've ever seen anything like that like it was just that that, that was amazing <laughs> yeah that was unbelievable Um, you'd be sick if you were Tierney you think you've hit a good 45 because yeah. he drilled it like and it looked like it was going over the bar but yeah and I think he got injured after that too mm. he, he was subbed off I think he was just that annoyed about it maybe <laughs> Morgan is a machine yeah in- incredible <laughs> genuinely uh, um, you see him play for Eden Dork and, he, and he's everywhere but like he's no less mobile or involved in nets for Tyrone um, and we're just so lucky to have him like you know uh, Roy Beggins you know being scouted by the NFL and things and I think there was interest in Morgan but they never took him but thank God no harm to yeah. him but like I'd hate to see where Tyrone would be if, if Nat Morgan was involved in he the last couple of games he runs forward with such purpose doesn't he yeah. the point he got like he was he, had, he was he going, was for, going goal. for goal like, yeah. and then he follows it through and he runs into Fitzgerald the goal with fullback yeah. Morgan <laughs> and it was as if he was trying to start a, a fight with him like yeah that's it though like some, but sometimes you know because um, I thought the crowd was maybe a bit flat at that stage Galway had a lot of possessions so the, you know in Healy Park the game was maybe a wee bit dull uh, I thought it sparked the life. I think it might have been Con Kilpatrick who put in a big block or an interception, and then things started <laughs> to lift up a little, and uh, they got a couple of scores on the bounce. And I think Morgan knows that. He thinks nothing gets the crowd up more than like, uh, you know, get a score. Let's roar into someone's face and and make them realize that they're they're in a fight here. And there's not that's what fans want to see as well. But uh, it's brilliant from him. But just just overall, yeah, still disappointing. I think majorly disappointing because. Like, Duhur would have uh, circled Galway as um, a game where we definitely could get points from, you know, even with, you know, 
uh, players missing, considering that Galway are missing so many key players as well. Uh, it was good to see Sean Kjallik came off the bench. That's his first involvement this mm. year. Um, but they're still missing Comer. They're still missing Shane Walsh. Liam Silk. Um, yeah, Liam Silk. But uh, other players for them stood up. Like, I thought Robert Finnerty was excellent. He was, wasn't he? Yeah. Um, it's it's funny you can see a player can really blossom when... Because, like, uh, they're obviously going to play through Comer when Comer's involved. Mm. But, you know, and then uh, Finnerty maybe plays as, like, his, the foil to that. But when you're given the opportunity to be the big man and, and you know, when you're sort of getting fed the ball it's, and let's see what you can do with it, he really stood up. I, I thought he was excellent. And if you remember last year in the league, Matthew Tierney did something similar. You know, he really s- assumed this sort of leadership role kind of thing. And <coughs> in the end, like, if you can survive relegation, that's nearly what the league's about then, you know, like, unearthing new players and getting other players to step up and take more responsibility. Yeah, well, Park Joyce actually admitted that after the game, he said, to be honest, we didn't actually go all out in the league last year. We actually stumbled into the final by default, <laughs> right. really. God. Doesn't that sum it up? Like? Yes, I mean, you so didn't want to be there. Like. Yeah, that's so funny. Yeah, I mean, I'd love to stumble into the final. <laughs> mm. um, but, yeah, no, I thought Finnerty was was brilliant, like, because we all know he's such a good finisher, like, mm. and he was winning the ball and he was fighting for it. He was kind of the leader in the attack there. Um Yesterday, so God would be. You could see how much it meant to Joyce because they needed yeah, it, didn't they? They did. Well, if that had lost, that that would have been three in a row, I think. And then suddenly well, they drew with Roscommon. Oh, they drew with mm. Roscommon. But you know, but again, that that had been a game that they would have circled as you know a, a, an opportunity. Like and then to get a, a a win on the road as well, I think it does a lot for your confidence. So look, they'll be hoping that you know, uh, chalk up a couple more wins, get players back, and then finish the league as strong as they can. On Saturday night, it was the. The Clifford show between them, they got nine points, uh, David and Pawdy, and they got the last, uh, well, Dave got the, the winner with the last uh, kick. That was, they they worked that lovely, didn't they, uh, up the field. Like, David kind of came out the field to sort of get involved in it and kind of came from behind, and Pawdy and Sean O'Shea, like, the three lads that you want on the ball, mm-hmm. uh, linked up and... Sure, I suppose David was kind of, he kind of caught fire in the second half, so you knew he was going to score. Yeah, well, you, like, <clears throat> such is his talent, you know, you fully expect him to score these huge pressure moments, like, as if they're not huge pressure yeah. moments, you know, and, and we nearly take it for uh, uh, for granted that, that, he's, that he's capable of doing these things. He's, he's an absolute freak. There's no other way of really describing him. Um, it's kind of the polar opposite of the Toronto game, isn't it? Like, it, it, they seem to have... They they were able to work it to the shooters or, or whatever way you want to call it. But then at the same time, they had them all on the field, you know. And I'd say Jerome would be trying to do something similar if they had Dar McCurry or Dar Canavan still on the field at that stage. But there's only one man you want the ball to in that situation. Like, if you had to give it to any man in the country, not just in Kerry, it would have been David Clifford. And he was already on fire. Like, um, he, he's just, he just looks frighteningly good. And he looks really... Uh, even more direct this year. I say this year, it's one game, but it's the first game he started and every time he got the ball, he wanted to take men on. He wanted to throw as many dummies as he can and then pop it over the bar. Uh, and I think they've really benefited from that break, him and Potty, you know, that they got. And Jack O'Connor said as much afterwards, or sorry, David said as much afterwards uh, in the post-match interview. When Did you see Potty had to give him the man of the match award? Yeah. And they did that awkward Irish brothers thing where they were like, oh, well done, and they were just sniggering. <laughs> it's funny, every station is doing that now where there's two lads in, yeah. there's one lad presenting them with the man of the match award. Yeah, they do that in the Premier League, you know, copying it from it, yeah. not too sure why. Your man, Conor Gleeson, the Galway goalie, he was giving it to Johnny Heaney and he was like, Mahambuka. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's funny, the, like, it's good when you have the two lads there because they can kind yeah, of have a bit of crack. That's it, yeah. Like, And, and they obviously have, always have something to say about each other too. But um, j- just on the Clippers, like, you know, he, made, David, sorry, himself made the point that, uh, you know, we've had a long break there and we're mad for road and we're really looking forward to getting back. And that's a... That's a scary thing, I think, if you're, if you're not a Kerry fan because <clears> they've been ran to the bare bones the last two seasons and they've still been amazing so imagine what they'd be like with fresh legs mm, we got a glimpse of it uh, Saturday night um, Killian Burke it was was and Dylan Geaney they're probably the two like really big positives for, for Kerry that they probably needed like you know Michal Burns left the panel last week and he wasn't happy with how it was going for him and you know you kind of felt as if they needed someone 
there maybe yeah. a new lad and Killian Burke is real direct as well and yeah, he's great speed and brings something different makes things happen doesn't he yeah definitely no the, the, Gary's big mission this year Deb, and, and Jack O'Connor has been very honest about this and transparent is that you know they needed to unearth new talent particularly in the half forward lane maybe um, you know they won the All-Ireland in 2022 and it's hard to change an All-Ireland winning team you know because it's so successful um, you know you feel like oh there's not a lot to change here mm. you know it's working well but that's nearly almost when you should make your changes and if you look at the great Dublin teams uh, you know in that six in a row nearly every year a key player who was so vital the year before and was probably an All-Star was dropped and you're thinking God what did they do wrong you know but they didn't do anything wrong they were just determined to get new names in through you know Um and 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 that's sort of what Kerry are now looking to do. Killian Burke, he's very fast, uh, he's very tall, and he kind of look. I don't know if he is unorthodox or he just looks unorthodox because he's, you know, kind of gangly in the in the way he can jink and jay. <laughs> but I thought he was excellent, and Dylan Guinea was 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 another plus. There there are two boys that'll definitely be um, uh, be involved around championship time, and and that's what Jack O'Connor wanted. Joe O'Connor's another one who's been a big plus. I know he's not exactly a new player, but they missed him last year with a cruciate injury. Uh, and Especially I with Jack Barry gone from midfield. Yeah, exactly. And you know, and people said they never really replaced uh, David Moore in last year. Um, so to have him back and and firing on all cylinders is it's definitely a huge plus. I'd say Jack O'Connor is delighted at the minute, you know, because th- things are going well. The Cliffords are back, still firing, unearthing new players. A couple of wins now in the league. They can just uh, keep this momentum going. Yeah, I don't think he was too overwhelmed. He he was saying after. Um, I thought we kept him in the game near the end. We should have been a bit more comfortable. We were man up with ten minutes to go, and yet we're not getting our kick off kickouts off as easy as as we should have been. So um, it w- it was a weird one that with excuse me is like uh, oh Kerry are winning this comfortably, and it feels like they're winning it comfortably, and Mayo probably aren't doing a lot right. You know, is like the feeling you have watching it, and then but when you look at the scoreboard, Kerry only ever one or two points up, and that's credit to Mayo. You know, they've you know they're hard to put away, and they have a great. Uh, ability just to stick into games and we saw that two weeks ago against Dublin where people said they maybe didn't deserve to win the game but they did win it and it's not for players not standing up I thought Ryan O'Donoghue was excellent again he's having a serious league like he's really looking to be the main man up front he's on Thomas Sullivan too yeah and like that's never an easy task and he kicked three or four and some of them were unreal like and he's just got so much bite about him and fire yeah. like he can't not uh enjoy watching him play I'd say you absolutely hate marking him but what's remarkable about Mayo this season is just how vital Fergal Boland has been for them you know because you're thinking this is a man that apparently they didn't even need in the squad last year and now he seems central to them because the best compliment you can give him was that when he wasn't involved in the play for periods of the game was when they were at their worst and then when they managed to bring him into the game um, that's when Mayo started to have a lot of success and I think he kicked three points again uh, he's a lovely kick passer of the ball he, he's brave he gets his head up um, it's just exactly what they need but it's weird because they always had him and they didn't use him but you know um, some players just develop differently and, and he's got an opportunity now and he's taken it Well Lee Keegan was talking about that in some podcast I'm not sure what it was last year and he just said that he couldn't believe that Fergal Boland was dropped like that he mm. does and loads of Mayo people seem to be saying it that there's definitely not ten better forwards than him. Yeah. In in Mayo, like, and yeah. and you can it's a mystery. Like, it, it, it seems like it's a masterstroke, but you like you can't praise Max Day for it that he dropped him yeah, last year. Yeah, the year before. And but would he be playing as well if he didn't think he was expected? Like, I suppose we've seen him a good few times before, and he mm-hmm. like he was on the team and on and off the team for a good few years. But he he's yeah. probably never played as well as he is now. No, and it would have been a lot of league football. Like you never really got seen him in the championship under. James Horn really yeah, he would the odd time like he'd yeah. their wing forward but, but he, even this like he just I mean like this is what I'm saying the way we're talking about him and how central he seems to be with everything um, yeah, it, well it's fantastic to see it's, it's, such, it's such a lovely story too because like you often hear so many times about players when you know uh, they get dropped from a county panel it just sort of seems like the door's shut forever because that means you're <coughs> not on the squad and then the, what's after that is making them match day 26 and then after that actually being one of the subs who get on then after that being a starter you know it seems like such a long ladder to go up uh, but he just leapfrogged the whole thing again you know and now, now he's one of the first names on the team sheet um, Eamon Fitzmaurice was saying that it was bad game management by Rory Bricken and you know taking the mark when when it was the game was level and 
it was, I suppose, early enough in the stoppage time at that stage that there was still time for Kerry to come back. Like, Yeah, no, there definitely was. Um, the mark's just such a weird one, isn't it? Because they're being coached to try and get take the handy ones when they can. Um, Players and, nearly feel compelled to take Yeah, like, I think so. so. I'd say the arm shoots up instinctively now. Well, Sam Mulray, I was watching the Mead Loud game and he caught one and the ref blew the whistle. He hadn't even put up the hand, like... Oh really? Yeah, so like, I, I just like yeah. yeah. I, I'd say referees so as well. Have to take it. But that's what referees too. Like I mean, they're they're in a position where they're always having to look out for it, and it's such a challenge for them. And they're like, is that so many meters? Do you know that must be a nightmare to try and keep a hold yeah. up so that when they're like, oh, if that makes it, it's definitely a mark, and then you blow the whistle almost prematurely. And then I'd say it's it's like that in the reverse with the footballers who who stick the hand up prematurely too. But it's a new thing that they have to deal with. Like and you know you didn't you didn't have this when you were playing underage and um all of the things that have become like that you, you've grew up playing and then they introduce these new rules and I don't know I just want rid of it to be honest like uh, that I know that's a whole other podcast but mm. it's a nightmare it looked like Brickingham was looking to give a pass like yeah it did to be fair um, <laughs> I don't know yeah I mean per game management in fairness Mayo won one similar Mayo beat Dublin similarly with the late free from Ryan O'Donoghue mm. they were kind of on the yeah. like the other end of it that time so yeah. it probably worked out for them uh, do you know swings, oh, yeah, swings yeah. and roundabouts, swings and roundabouts of the yeah. league like there you go that's the best uh, best cliche you could use this yeah uh, so Dublin and Roscommon is is the next one and Colin O'Callaghan he was he was on fire really wasn't he like he, he even he was unlucky early on with the two big catches that he made the ref yeah. pulled him and then pulled him for fa- pulled him for fouling Brian Stack once and the other one for kind of coming around with the elbow like he got mm-hmm. f- seven points Five, five from playing a mark, like, and yeah, he could have even had more. Yeah, no, he was brilliant. And then I sort of thought, oh, I wonder, because uh, that was early on in the game when the, when the referee pulled him on them uh, situations. But and you sort of think, oh God, is this going to deter Dublin then from kicking it into them anymore? But it didn't. Um, I thought I thought Dublin were quite direct. I thought they were pretty exciting. And this is against Ross Common, you know, who, who are more than capable of catching you on the break, and and they did, especially in the first half. But um. When you're double, like it, it's from the outside looking in, it just makes so much sense, doesn't it? Like when you've got like Conor Callahan and Cormac Costello, he had to come off early injured, and you know other names like Paul Mannion and stuff still to come back in. Like names like that, why aren't you kicking the ball to them and letting them do the damage and utilizing them? And we've been talking in this the last maybe three weeks about like what's going on with Con in the sense that like Dublin can't seem to get the best use out of him, and we never ever said that Con looks like he's playing poorly or doing anything wrong because he doesn't. Do you know, um, I think, you know, when you've got a player of that caliber and you know what his, like, attitude and his mindset and, like, mindset is because he is, like, a, you know, like a process ninja. Um, It's just all about, like, the team getting the most out of him. So I'm, I'm so glad that they finally did it. Um, Not from a drone point of view because I think we're playing them soon, but uh, uh, it's just, it just makes watching Dublin a lot more fun to watch because I'll be honest, when I heard that Daria Monaghan wasn't on TV and it was Ross Common in Dublin, I was just like, oh, I don't know. That might be a bit of a boring game. That's your game. Ulster bias. Sure. It is, to be fair, yeah. It's, it's it's maybe the opposite bias. A lot of people would say Ulster games are boring. But, um, no, this one, I really enjoyed it, to be fair. And a lot of that was down to like the sort of star factor that, that Conor Callaghan delivered. Yeah, it's like we've poked the bear with Conor Callaghan there. That, yeah, it's you all know, us, you're right. People were, well, it was Joe Brawley. <laughs> True. He was Joe, no, it was Conor Callaghan's parents, yeah. if you recall. Morris, <laughs> yeah. Morris told Joe Brawley and... Uh, March that he wasn't getting the ball into him like that's it said he wasn't kicking it in they started him out in midfield as well when they announced the team news number nine on his back and yeah. stuff as well. you wonder why they do these things you nearly you? knew by that 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 wasn't going to be I know but it's still funny that it actually it was the game that he still came to live and like if you if you didn't if you seen the starting <laughs> lineup and then you seen um, the match report say yeah. or, or the scores you'd be like can't kick that from midfield that is obviously the difference but there was no difference yeah, uh, yeah. other than the fact that uh, I thought Dublin played a lot more direct and, and, and got the best out of him um, Kieran Kenny was another one who was yeah. he was good wasn't he and he, he was, was really direct really direct like you know and he, we've been we've been guilty very much of, of saying that he, he can be too lateral with the ball and he, he's probably do you know when you think of that famous thing where you, you stick the hand up and it means slow the play down like when people talk about that I just think of Kieran Kilkenny yeah. he's like the 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 father of that and he probably isn't even like but it's, it's just the image that sticks in my mind um, so he's maybe gathered a bit of a reputation of that he could drop last year I think that would have given him the kind of wake up call wouldn't yeah, it yeah it was just like we need to see more from you in terms of actually stepping up and being direct because again a, a serious quality footballer and he, and he showed that like and he even hit a few wides but sure what's wrong with that you know like I mean just 
uh, take your shots on. And it meant that Dublin then had, had a really good spread of scores. Uh, yeah, I was, I, was, I, was, I was very impressed for them. Not least, too, because I didn't think Ross Common played poorly. Um, I, I enjoy watching Ross Common, and I always enjoy watching Andy Smith. Mm. Um, what did you think of him? Well, you know I love Andy Smith. Yeah. Like. Is he your favourite player? Like yeah, yeah, I'd say yeah. so. Yeah, he's magic, to be fair. I think so, yeah. Um, he's so much composure. That score he got, do you remember the first half when he ran around and Padre Coffee burn was like, he was doing everything and he was hanging out of him. Yeah. And he was just moving with him for every step and Smith eventually just kind of let the ball drop and then got away from him. Yeah. There's like a sense of inevitability about him, isn't it? Like he's going to find he a just, way through. He just finds a way. Like he yeah. waits and waits and waits and he's so... He's just intelligent with yeah. it too. Like, yeah, and then I think he got the goal in the end too. But there was a goal chance as well that he missed. But it was all his own um, making. Create, you know, he from so direct. Yeah, he does. He creates them from nothing. And like when you've got a player like that in your team, um, you're always gonna gonna have a chance. His manager hit the headlines. Um, he Davy Burke. He he seems to be um, feeling the pressure. Like you can you can kind of see it in him. Like yeah. Um, He's real. I re- I really love listening to him because he's so um, honest. Yeah, he wears his heart in his sleeve. He does, yeah. and he's direct, and he'll tell you what the story is, and won't. He gives he away too much. Sometimes. He won't hold that back. <laughs> yeah. Like, and one thing I would say to David Burke is, Roscommon were relegated uh, from Division One in 2017 and 2019, and they won the Connacht title both of those years. Um, the following years, they won Division Two in the league. Yeah. So don't panic. Like I don't think there's a need to panic. Yeah. What's the panic if they go down? Like like, like Armagh. Yeah, Armagh. Like you're definitely getting the benefits of being um, a Division Two team. And like Dublin won the All Ireland last year from Division Two. Dublin were, or Derry were in Division Two last year as well. Who it doesn't will remember? Seem to... Who will remember the yeah. league? Like Galway does... were in the final last year, and Park Joyce is nearly like it's a bad thing. Yeah, he was raging about it. Yeah, <laughs> he <laughs> was bullying. Um, I don't know. Like, yeah, the, the league it just doesn't. Being in Division One, I I'd say if you're not in Division One for a few years, you'll feel the effects of that, you know. But like a a year in Division Two definitely will do no harm. Of course, it's something they want to avoid. But yeah, like his you're talking about his post match interview where and you're talking about talking heart in his sleeve, you know. And I say he gives away too much. Like he was making the point that they had sixty five training sessions this year already, and they never had the squad together once. And his whole point around that was the fact that, you know, God, we've got so many players missing and I've never got them all together. But nobody even heard that part because as soon as he said he, they had 65 training sessions this year, everyone just went, hang on a second, what? <laughs> you know, Ross Scott have trained 65 times and it's February. Like, the mass just doesn't add up. Like, when did they start training? Is If it was twice a week, it was months and months ago. And if it was even before they were meant to be week, back. Yeah, way before they were meant to be back. And if it was four times a week, I still think it was like, over the mark, like, yeah, it could yeah. have been it's five, like at the very it has to be least, five. Yeah, uh, yeah, no, definitely, it has to be five sessions a week, and then but it's maybe, not, maybe it's that's not your five. issue. <laughs> you know, if it, if it is five, it's maybe that's your problem, like where you can't get them onto the pitch. But uh, they are unlucky in the sense that, like, St. Bridges got to the All Ireland club final, and you know, there are a lot of players involved with it's Sigerson a long year, stuff as it's well. a long year, like that. Will stand to them boys when comes back around. Yeah, but I, I'm looking forward to more Davy Burke injury or injuries, excuse me, uh, interviews. They're, because they're offer. they didn't actually do well in the championship last year after having a good league. Went no. to third in the league well, they, they beat, and they were flying. They beat Mayo, they were third in the league and then they beat Mayo in the Connacht Championship who won the league literally the week before, I think. Um, so, every, But that was nearly the pinnacle for Roscom. That year, it was. You know, like, it was. Should they lost to Kildare? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, and then that was. Uh, oh, that, yeah, that really took the wind out of their sails. So, um, yeah, no, I, I think. Yeah, we are maybe just getting ahead of ourselves a little bit sometimes when it when it comes to the third round of the league. Like it was funny that he said that they, they all have to be. Them boys need to be on the field tomorrow morning. It's as simple as that. He couldn't mean that literally. Do you think he means that literally? I don't think. I don't think so. No. No. There's, no. Probably, there's maybe. A recovery session, that's a thing. But surely not on a pitch. Like if he, what mm. are they gonna be what are they gonna be doing? <laughs> like, you no. know, tomorrow morning. Or maybe he is, who knows? Like he's got sixty five sessions and number sixty six might have already happened. Could have. Um it's yeah, I actually don't know what he meant by like if we want to compete at this level, then boys need to be on the field tomorrow morning. Like I don't think he's giving out I don't think he's criticizing the players. I think he was just on a bit of a roll and it just mm. like like lads aren't 
not showing up for training. No, yeah, do exactly, you know yeah. And then, like, sometimes you get, like, you do wind yourself up, you know, like, you're in a, a, a managerial position and you maybe need to make a change and the change you can't make because maybe a fella's not available because he hurt himself playing Sigerson. Then that's <laughs> at the forefront of your head and then that's what you lash out on in, in the interview, but, like, in, in, in the bigger picture and it's not really what you mean sort of thing. But uh, it was just a funny interview. There was just so much to to pick from it, which which can't be said for a lot of GA manager interviews that throw around the same usual end of the day line, you know. So yeah. Davy Burke's a, fre- a, bre- a fresh of breath air. Breath uh, of fresh air. <laughs> Don't a, edit that, I got it. That was a struggle. Um, <laughs> the, before the match, actually, Philly McMahon had an article in the, in the Irish Independent on Saturday and it was a powerful tribute now to, it was actually a brilliant read mm. about um, Shane O'Hanlon, who was a selector since 2013 on the Dublin team and he was... Like he he there was so many good parts to the to the article. Like he he said that they used to call him Jack McCaffrey's dad because <laughs> he kind he looked like him had kind of the curly and, yeah. and um frizzy hair. And he said, you know, so he was the logistics. That was his kind of he was you know he's obviously the lad who sorts everything out. Like and mm-hmm. that was his his thing. And Philly said that no matter what you asked him. That he he had a catchphrase that he'd say, "I'll come back to you on that." Like, and, <laughs> and he'd always he'd always kind of sort the lads out. And and Philly said that if there was a man to to write the book about Dublin football over the last ten years, then he was the man because he knew everything yeah. that was going on. Like from like right from the top, Philly told a story that when they won the five in a row, that he was satisfied with what he has. Here was a chance to go out at the top. Um, and Shane O'Hanlon told him, you know, you, you, it, it, like that we'd love to have you for another year. There's a place for you. And and Philly was like, that was it. You knew if Shane was saying to you, it was coming from the top. Like So yeah. he obviously was was in touch with everyone. And, and Desi Farrell was emotional after the match. He, he had to take a pause in his post-match interview when he, when he was asked about Shane O'Hanlon. And he came out with a brilliant... Um, Quote, he said, I don't know how many times I've said it to him in the last two years, uh, Shane, we better document the stuff you do, because if you're hit by a bus or decide to F off on us, we will be left clueless. Mm. And he would say, I'll get around to that. <laughs> um, so, like, he was obviously a key part in the setup, and maybe that was what inspired Dublin a bit on Saturday. Yeah, maybe did, you know, kick it into gear a little bit, because um, it, it came as a real shock, didn't it? And, like, Michael Dara McCauley made a really lovely tribute at Half time, I think it was, and then Kieran Whelan made another one um, on the Sunday game last night, uh, and Paul Flynn too sort of uh, made a reference to it before the uh, the Kerry game. Like you know, so all, all of the Dublin legends you were ever involved in in that period of time are, are so quick to talk about how, how vital he was to to the to the winning machine that that was that Dublin side and and to the culture behind it. And like he's just one of them, you know. Behind the scenes guy, because you for wouldn't, us. you wouldn't have known. Him. Yeah, exactly. And then, but he's obviously one of the most recognizable faces if you were involved in it, you know, and, and where it matters most, obviously. So it is, yeah, it's just so tragic to see or to hear um, of his loss. And but it is lovely to read all all of these tributes from former players that he uh, obviously had such a huge influence on. Hundred percent. Um, yeah, we're um. He was actually he was out in Spain looking yeah. and sorting a training destination for them, like you know. So that kind of sums up the the role that he had in in the the panel. Um, so sympathies to the family. Um, we're going to move on now to our uh, ask the G hour section, and we had a good one. Um, this week, Lee, we asked wh- what was the the worst excuse you've ever uh, heard for for missing training. Um. I'd say you, you have you had a few um, uh, colorful ones in your time. Yeah, yeah, but I've had some. I, the best one I. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving thirty-three percent with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a fifteen-stem bunch of tulips for just nine ninety-nine each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping. 
and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. It wasn't when I was manager or anything, but uh, from one of the lads. And he was it's just, it was so funny because he was so blazoned about it, you know, and just matter of fact, he's like, oh, no, I'm watching the Champions League. And like, no one could believe it. It was like, oh, ah. <laughs> and then he's like, "No, that's what I'm doing." <laughs> and he didn't come to training either. Like, and and you were almost thinking that this is going to be World War Three. But uh, I think honestly, it, everyone just respected his honesty so much that it uh, that it that it almost slid. But like, you never let him forget it, obviously. Um, but yeah, there's there's always a few a few humdingers, and we've got some good ones here. Well, I was interviewing Austin Gleeson last week, and he said that's one of the biggest boosts of being. Uh, out of the intercounty setup, that he can watch Champions League. Oh yeah, don't so. it be true? Yeah, because what like winning matches on Tuesdays and Wednesdays, and you feel like you've always got something on, whether it's a session or a match or or what have you. So yeah, just being able to comfortably sit and watch the Champions League. Yeah, was, even though it was the privilege, it was bad last week. So yeah, we're bad for. I wouldn't know. League, I'm, so. I'm a Liverpool fan, so we're not in it at the moment. Yeah, I can't talk either. But um, there was one. Um, uh, on the subject of a uh, b- brazen excuse, one lad said he was just too tired, <laughs> which is a good as, one. It's like not even um, carrying an injury, like because you could stretch that surely. Oh, the, I'm fatigued and I've got like a, I feel <laughs> I feel the hammer or something, but just is too tired. But you like, can kind of see through that as well. Yeah, no, you can. Yeah, but at least it's he's the tired. go-to line. Like he's just tired. It just makes it sound like he's too sleepy. He's fatigued. <laughs> yeah, like David Clifford got rest there. That's true. Even David Clifford gets rest, so why why can't why can't this fella? You know um, he's earned it. Yeah, because I was I was told that you should never, for no matter what it is, you should never have more than one excuse. What do you mean? So mix it up? So no, you should never have like come to say if you're going to mistrain, you should never go with two excuses like, oh, oh I have an exam and I have a tight hammer. Like, oh you yeah, know? yeah. Which is it? You have to bank. <laughs> yeah. You have to put throw all your eggs into one it's basket. All in. I'm an exam. That's a good. One. That's how old I am. I forgot about that as an excuse. Um, but that was a good one back uh, in the day. Or you just blame your parents. You couldn't drive, like so. <laughs> well, there's one sent into us. Uh, one lad said his mo- he, his mother <laughs> slept in, so I couldn't give him a lift to train, and he he was 26. Oh no. <laughs> I was gonna just—I was gonna be really sympathetic to this fan until you said he was twenty-six. Sure, but that age, everyone's got like a carpet or whatever going, and she slept in. He's—he's he's also giving away a lot there too. But just what's going on at home? Uh, that's uh, <clears throat> that's a bad one. Uh, one that said he pulled his hamstring <laughs> playing FIFA. You'd actually hear of people um, getting pulling up, <laughs> yeah, like innocuous injuries, doing really like. Doing nothing really. Yeah, and then it just sounds it's like the silliest thing. It? Yeah, yeah. Uh, again, I would. Uh, these boys just don't know how to lie. I don't think. Yeah, but like FIFA now, you can get awful passionate. Like we used to when we were in uni, we used to do all them. You know, the <laughs> FIFA competitions. You go around to the houses and things, and boys got like you'd be jumping up, and no one was doing stretches beforehand. In fairness, you need to get the resistance bands out before <laughs> a good game of FIFA. <laughs> Imagine that. Um, the best excuse ever that would work. Um, no matter what is going on, um, and you can use it for anything, but you have to be a farmer, is that there's a cow calf. Yeah. No one's going to ask any follow-up questions there. You can't. Yeah. It takes up the whole evening. Yeah. It is does. It, what do you do? It literally takes up the whole evening because you could be waiting. Yeah. You, you could actually take up a whole day because cows could be like going about calving, but they won't actually, they're not, they won't, ca- you could be waiting for a long time. Like, yeah. They'd be kind of building up to it like. That's it. And then once the calf, you have to, you have to like separate the cow and the calf. If you're a dairy farmer, you have to um, milk the cow. You have to feed the calf, which at the start is difficult because um, it takes it takes a good while for them to get used to drinking milk. Like I'm, I'm learning so much. <laughs> so <this> is, <laughs> but I'm um, never going to believe anyone now when they say this is a reason. <laughs> but it's a brilliant excuse for if you're missing trend for yeah. anything. Yeah, it is. Like, I mean, no one's going to come down and, and check it out. If like, you don't want to go anywhere, you can just say, should just cow calving? The cow calving. i got to get some cows. 
Uh, there was a good few um, farming ones sent it with one was late for training because he was stuck behind a tractor oh well <laughs> in the country roads yeah that, that happens like yeah been there now and you're never as angry as <laughs> when yeah. you're stuck behind a tractor he's if he still made it to training he yeah. probably that probably was the but you will get no. slagged like, oh yeah, yeah people wouldn't accept that no no definitely not well some managers they do just have like a like a hard line doesn't matter what the excuse is you gotta do laps or sprints at the end or something you know mm. and and then that idea that the the theory behind it is that they um ironing out all the excuses and then there's going to be some consequences of people who are just unlucky see some tractor drivers they won't some of them will pull in and let yeah. uh grow past but some of them don't yeah yeah especially if they know maybe they're from the opposite club as well there's, <laughs> <laughs> there's narrow roads like so uh it's a difficult one um one lad claimed he was sick, but one of the lads drove past the house and the missus' car was there. Ooh. Well, maybe she was looking after him. I don't know. I'm just she could have been. Break, she she coming been. around with a lamb sip. Will we give her the benefit of the doubt, will we? Yeah, well, just, he's, he's sick. He's, she's helping him out. Uh, yeah, there was, yeah, there's, that's probably the, the best thing. There was one um, very good one. Uh, it's like this, boss. Uh, I'd rather be Danny Coyle late... Than the late Danny Coyle. <laughs> <laughs> so, that's a good it's, way of putting it. Yeah, then. if someone said that, you nearly, like, how could you, with a straight face, be annoyed? Because it's just, yeah, it's a great way of putting it. Like, I, I think, yeah, some of, the, some of these ones are, are valid, I think. Like, you have to, it's not it's not easy. No, it's not easy. So it's, I mean, God, there are 65 things, training sessions in a, in, in a couple of months. Like, you know, you're going to miss one or two. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> um, we'll come back with... Uh, more talk. We're going to leave the we'll leave the the dairy farming talk for that. Hopefully, we'll come back to it again soon. We'll be back with uh, Dairy Monaghan. There's not much really to say. Um, I suppose Monaghan, like you thought, they were going brilliant when they beat Dublin, mm-hmm. and it's been downhill since. Yeah, um, like like I say, I, w- I was disappointed when I found out Derry Monaghan wasn't on TV. I thought that would be a really interesting tie, and I thought they would have put up a. a a much tougher challenge to to Derry, but I think I think this is just all testament to Derry. Really, they are absolutely devastating at the minute. Um, Shane McGuigan is he the most informed forward in the country right now? He's up there, isn't he? He's f- I, four or five points a game. That's it. Like, well, he got eleven points, um, and then yeah, like was like five maybe from play. Not from play, sorry. I mean, like he's just outstanding. And we talk, remember we talked last year. Like this is how. Quickly, things can change, but we, we did a whole podcast episode nearly just sort of talking about why he isn't in the conversation with the very, very top forwards. He is now, isn't he? You know, and we were saying, oh, he probably just needs a breakthrough sort of game, like a, a really good Ulster final or something. But yeah, he's he's well in that conversation yeah. now and on form, he's probably number one. Um, I know like well, David Clifford's literally only back for a game and he, he's, he, he'll be the obvious choice but um, and it's not just him they're sort of having a spread of scores you know like Kieran McFall got two points Ethan Doherty got a point uh, Paul Cassidy got a point so there's your half forwards all chipping in and Niall Toner came off got two um, and then you got three goals all coming from defence exactly you know all defenders Conor Doherty uh, Conor McCluskey and um, McGrogan, McGrogan I think and then like it, because they, they've got such a strong running game, and because they're so fit and they're so just demented in the in the way that they attack, you know, you probably are going to get your best goal chances from defenders because they'll be sprinting in from deep, getting the ball on the run. Uh, but what was probably most impressive was the composure then for them finishes because they were forwards finishes. Like some of the goals were absolutely outstanding. And the one criticism you would have had for Derry, um past two seasons probably was their strength and depth you know they had a brilliant start in 15 but when it got to them last 10 minutes and they were trying to run the bench or if there was an injury and you needed to bring someone in it just didn't look quite as strong as when they started and that sort of lets you down when you get to like playing the carries in the Dublins of this world <coughs> um, but now the uh, Mickey Harty's played 35 different players eight of which have been debutants you know, so he is trying to unearth these names. You know, we got Emmett Bradley back out of retirement. Um, Una Mulholland is now the latest addition to the squad, the Glenn player, uh, the halfback. He came off the bench and, you know, he was just rapid from the start. And you're thinking, you know, because you're thinking, how does he get in the team? Because, you know, there's so many good options. And then you watch him play and you're like, well, how do you take him out of the team? You know, like that that that's the <coughs> headache that Mickey Hart has. And it's 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 a good headache to have. But um, for people's... And a lot of people still do think that they might run out of steam. And they might well because they're they're going at a relentless pace here. 
the the amount of options that they have and, and of such quality is quite frightening. Like, you know, Derry are, are the real deal. Yeah, well, wasn't that the thing last year that they only had a panel of 24 or something yeah. really sh- short in, Ro- in Yeah, Rory in the kept the, the panel very short, yeah. And then he would only ever make near enough the same substitutes and he was determined to, like, it was as best he could, same 15 all the way through the league, Ulster Championship and, and further. Um, even Kieran Mina just sort of took that over, that same sort of principle. You know, you wouldn't see too many boys getting hooked before halftime and at the same time you wouldn't see boys that, like, if they didn't feature in the last game, they probably weren't going to feature in the next few games, you know. And the substitute, you can nearly have written it out beforehand. But now Mickey Hart's obviously experimenting and trying things and um, it's it's sort of paying off. And it's it's easier to come into the team too when they're winning and they're, uh, the, the mood's good and the atmosphere's high and, you know, um, you feel like you're contributing as well. But uh, Cormac Murphy, we, we talked about Dario on Earth and him a couple of weeks ago, man of the match against Throne, how vital he's going to be. He could be the missing link. Wasn't even in the squad, I assume because of injury. Um, and it looked like they didn't even miss him. Do you know, like that, that's the testament I'm trying to make to, to how good I think this this Derry team are so early in the year. And you'd be excited to see you and Mulholland, wouldn't you? Oh, yeah, definitely. Like I, like I say, when he came on, him, one of the first things he did was get the ball in defence, drive forward, take on a few men, and then he slipped it off to Ethan Doherty, his club mate, who stuck it over the bar. I think it was Ethan, one of the half forwards anyway. And, um, you know, and that was just like, instant sort of impact and we talked before about the Glen boys like I'm way more of them weren't involved with the Derry setup because so many of them were good enough and I'm not even too sure if we mentioned Union as one of them options no we didn't Do you know, and, we should have and now, and now it seems so obvious yeah like yeah because um, he was brilliant for Glen this year yeah and he got injured in the final didn't he early on did he was that the final I think he went yeah. off yeah maybe he um oh yeah he did actually yeah. he, he's been vital like the last last few seasons for them um just just an absolute that that's maybe why it's so late if he's picked up an injury, and I know like obviously Glenn, uh, we're celebrating for a while and stuff as well. Maybe why his addition to the to the squad was kind of so late on, but uh, I'd say Mickey Hart's delighted to have. It's going to be tough um, for Kildare people listening to this podcast because um, we we they obviously have had a terrible start to the league. They've lost three from three. And we we got into it last week. Yeah, um, we get into it every week. <laughs> well, yeah, and this was definitely the the this was Armagh were 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 good in fairness, but um, Kildare were were terrible really. It was a terrible day for them. Yeah, and it was you know what it was a terrible watch. Um, it was it, it nearly felt like it was over after ten minutes at least. Yeah, I mean, uh, you go to watch this and you're sort of thinking, you know, it's good to see a Division Two game on. TV as well. TV I was excited for it. I was like, yeah. Killare might now then their backs are against the wall. They might yeah. come out with something here, and like it's not as if they're not trying, but it's just they were. Yeah. Well, I, I found it a very very hard watch. Kieran Whelan said in the Sunday game that um, it was death by a thousand cuts, and that is definitely what it felt like. You know, it was like our man were just puncturing them time and time again, and then they were just so flat or something, and then you couldn't even enjoy almost the brilliance of Armagh because it was such a... It felt like a training game. That's what it felt like <coughs> it watching did. in terms of the intensity. And Armagh, Armagh have loads of positives to take from that. Like, if you remember them last year uh, in the league trying to survive Division 1, they were just so reliant on, like, Ray and O'Neill and like, every week we were having nearly the debate what's best to do with them. Do you play them in full forward? Do you play them at centre half forward? Do you know how... Or drift them out to midfield? Like, you know, and it, it was so vital... Uh, what they did with him but he's hardly played a game you know because you think he's coming back from injury and they're allowed the opportunity to play the likes of Connor Turbot and stuff and I know Shane Connity and, uh, was yeah, very good wasn't he? He, he kicked four points and uh, Connor Turbot scored 1-5 and you know and when you're in Division 2 the pressure's off just a little bit there's still a lot of pressure because you've got to get back to Division 1 you don't want to be you know uh, staying down there for too long but you know in terms of the opposition and, and the level of play there's there's just more wiggle room to like experiment and build momentum and that's definitely what Armada are doing like I, I'd say Kieran McGinney's doing a great job of using the best of this situation he definitely is um, it was like from the minute that goal do you remember Sargent was running out and he went to pass it to Owen Doyle and they uh, intercepted yeah. it and oh God, and that just sort of it sort of sums need, up the field, doesn't they it? They need they needed a good start. Yeah, yeah, you know they definitely did. They needed something to be able to build on because when your confidence is already shaken, it takes nothing then to you know make you believe that, the, that you've got anything to fight for in this game. And uh, I'd say it was a long, long seventy minutes for Glen Ryan and his it team. It was, and even 
like we've been so complimentary of Derek Herwin and mm-hmm. he's a brilliant player and so is Alex Byrne and you know we've seen Ben McCormack was unbelievable last year I think it was against when they beat Roscommon in the championship oh yeah and these boys are just they're kind of having they're hitting loads of wides and every time Derek Irwin gets the ball he nearly it seems like he has to beat like f- two or three men yeah isn't that, it's, it's that old thing too there's never a handy score you feel them. like you have to force it nearly then because you know you want to be the person that like inspires the team you want to try and help give the team some sort of momentum and then you end up snatching your shots rushing decisions and mistakes happen and then that sort of compounds everything and then you just have this overwhelming feeling that, that today is not going to be your day and if you go into every game thinking like that then it certainly isn't but they're in they're in serious danger of being relegated and even more so of being then uh, in the Talchian Cup I'm not sure if they're on Dublin's side of the draw in Leinster but if they are then you could be seeing them playing Talchian Cup football this year yeah the the red card at the end kind of it just it, it, it was the final dagger wasn't it yeah um, Kevin O'Callaghan it was probably a harsh red card. Like it was a lazy tackle and mm. a hand kind of around the neck, and your man kind of throws his head back as yeah. Joe McElroy throws his head back, like most players do now. Yeah. And there was actually a bit of that I forgot to mention in the Tyrone game, like where lads maybe get like a little. Kieran McGeary came on and Keen Darcy kind of came in and caught him on the shoulder, and uh-huh. McGeary went down holding his head, and yeah. Darcy gets a yellow card. And the same. Morgan hit a kick out on top of um, McKernan and uh, John Maher came in behind him. And he didn't hit him on the head and McGeary was down holding his head, or not McGeary, McKernan was down holding, he was only down from, uh, like, he, he, it was as if he realised, like, yeah, yeah. I shouldn't be, like, diving, do you know? Yeah. Um, and John Maher was there pointing at him, like, what are you doing? Get up, like. And it was a bit of that, like, I don't know, Joe McElroy was down for a good bit. Yeah, he was down for a good bit. And you wonder why... See, my whole thing about the hole in the head is why are you doing it? Because the player has to... If you're holding your head, then the player has to be stopped. So it's such a evil, clever way to slow the game down when you need to slow it down because there's nothing the referee can do. You know, you've hurt your head. The, uh, precaution suggests that you have to, to stop the game at least. And then it obviously <coughs> compounds uh, the actual tackle and the foul and it makes it seem worse than it was. And it, it could be then deemed... Well, if you hit him in the head, then it's dangerous play. So therefore, it's worth yellow card, black card, red yeah. card, or whatever. Um, but there's so many situations that they're holding their head, and I'm just like, I'm not really too sure what you're trying to achieve here. Like, yeah, you know, sometimes you're losing the game, and now you're down, and and I don't know. I suppose someday, sometimes when you fall and you land on like your back, your head hurts. Do you know, like with the thump and like the uh, uh, vibrations through the body and you know and you, and you can get like a headache or something so or maybe it's just an instinctive thing to protect your head when you hit the ground because boys could be tumbling <coughs> down over you looking the ball or whatever and you don't really know where you're at um, but the honest answer is that I don't really know other than like I did think the, the sending off for Kildare was harsh not, not least because it was just like I'll give them a break <laughs> yeah because he, he could be missing the next day now yeah and like they they don't need any more headaches or they people definitely missing. don't um definitely not but they they actually already do because it's Glenn <laughs> Ryan and um we all seen that Mick Gorman the Kildare chairman he he was saying last week that you know things aren't good enough and it needs to greatly improve and then there was a whole kind of a a fucking con- confrontation yep. after the game with Glenn Ryan and a Leinster leader reporter where Glenn was saying that apparently he, he he was told by someone and it kind of seemed as if that someone was Mick Gorman I think, himself. I think, I think he reveals later on in the interview he was like that it was Mick. Mick said, said he was yeah. misquoted. Yeah, or, or it wasn't reported correctly I think was the use. And then the reporter yeah. obviously took exception to this was like I can send you the tape it was definitely reported and it was, did correctly. Did you read it on the Irish Examiner? It was yeah. such a tense back and forth. Like. Yeah, and he was like I don't need to hear your tape. <laughs> you know, we should actually just read out the transcript. I play the role of Glenn Ryan obviously. Yeah. But um, it, it was no it was really tense and now it's just like you're already in a situation where you're bottom of the league you can't get a win players are injured players are suspended you don't really know they can't score a goal for the life of them that's that's another thing um, you're losing these crucial crucial games and the mood is just rotten and now your chairman is coming out and publicly berating you then telling you he isn't and then, so you come out like in defiance of that being like no he said he isn't and they're telling you no he is 
I have the proof <laughs> and it's all in front of everybody and so they're just airing their dirty laundry and it, like it's one of them situations where like when is rock bottom because it doesn't seem like it can get any worse they're only in division two I know <laughs> yes true um, they'll be very very lucky if they stay in division two just with the way things are going because uh, a mood like that and you know when you, we talk about building momentum in a positive sense and, and how powerful that can be but it also works the other way like when, when negativity starts mm. to snowball it's a hard thing to stop once it gets going and they are plummeting towards uh, yeah. relegation at the minute. I wouldn't completely write them off. Uh, I think they had a slow well, start to the league quality. last year, didn't they? Yeah, well, they have the quality. So that, that's that's the saving grace here. And they, and they ended up doing really well. And they reached the quarterfinals, did they? Preliminary the quarterfinals. Preliminary quarterfinals. Yeah, and they, you already mentioned Osman, the big win that yeah. they had got against Ross uh, Common. Um, so, you know, so you know it's there and you know what they have a minute. And they've done it before and they've done it under Glenn Ryan and he has got the best out of them in some of their matches. Mm. They were very good in the Leinster final too. They ran Dublin very, very close that day uh, in Crow Park or Leinster semi-final, I think I was. Um, so, you know, yeah. you're just sort of waiting for these performances to, to raise their head again, but uh, it's few and far between. I think Neil Flynn is a huge loss. He, mm. he was absolutely brilliant for them last year and a player who... Don't, I don't think he gets the credit he deserves often and and he's not there um, Daniel Flynn was back uh, yesterday so they're, they're under pressure and they need a, they need a win um, big time now yeah. so uh, sooner rather than later for sure yeah um, I want to talk about the Fitzgibbon Cup uh, final it was a brilliant win for, for Mary I UL were going for the three in a row. I just had to give you a bit of hurling, Lee. I could course, see yeah. you were getting withdrawal symptoms across the table from me. <laughs> um, but it was a really, it was it was a brilliant. It was brilliant scenes at the end of it. You know, between Jamie Wall and Podge Collins. I actually didn't know that they were first cousins, but mm. they were the manager and the selector for for Mary I and. Um, I suppose you know, like UL are just they're like the Galacticos. They've, yeah. Like they've. You look at their bench and you see lads that have played for under 20 county teams for the top counties. Like there's Tipperary lads on there on the bench and you just recognize all these names down to like number 34. Like the strength and depth is just unbelievable that they have. And Mary, I would obviously be a bit um, of a tighter like squad because they're a teaching college basically. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, so they'd have been underdogs, but... Jamie Wall has has been, you know, he's been this, at the centre of their journey. He was a selector under Eamon Cregan when they won their first one in 2016. And they had a brilliant team back then. They had Keen Lynch and Declan Hannan and Rowan Maher and all these boys. And they, then Jamie Wall was the manager the following year mm. uh, in 2017 when they won again. Um, and, you know, he's still the manager and to win his third one. I'm um, like, Jamie Wall, like we all... I actually interviewed him for the podcast at the start of the year, and you know he's he was he's a, he's a gent like and brilliant with his time with us and and everything and you know he had played Fitzgibbon for Mary I himself back in the day he was three years um won three Munster under under twenty one football titles uh, with Cork played for the minor hurlers a minor dual star uh, with Cork played in an Ireland minor final. Um, you know, and that, like, it was crazy what happened to him that it was three days after he played in the Munster inter Intermediate uh, Hurling Final for Cork that he lost the power in his legs and uh, and and an abscess developed on his spine, like, you mm -hmm. know, and that, like, and, and, you know, he's gone into management and has been so successful since. And I'd, I'd say it's probably only a matter of time before he's involved with, with a Cork GA team. Yeah, you know, you'd imagine so. Cork like, County team, I mean. Because he's... His, his, his story alone is, is, is just been incredible and then it's one off obviously perseverance and the fact you know he can turn something so like you know is the fact that he went into coaching then you know he wasn't going to give up and then straight away and yeah he was like well how else do I what's what's the next best thing you can do you know and be as involved as you can be in the game and then and then to go in straight away and then to get the success that he's been getting straight away like his I'd say his enthusiasm and the way the players talk about him yeah, you know, that was the best part, wasn't it? Yeah, definitely. Like in the, in the post-match speeches and in all the interviews, that they, they couldn't say anything without mentioning him or thanking him, and um, that's that's just an obvious sign of the the impact that he's clearly had on them. 
Uh, and I, I can't wait to see him in a, in a county setup because there's no doubt that's where he's heading. Yeah, even though he did say Fitzgibbon Cup is the best competition in the GA, so maybe he wants to, to stay there. Um, Colin O'Brien, he, he was the captain. He's from Cork as well. And he gave a brilliant speech, actually. You know, he, he gave that tribute to Jamie Waller. He said, he was, you could see he was getting emotional. He was like, we've been through a lot together and it's just unreal to have that trophy for him. And he, he actually had a, another few great lines as well. He said, it's a great privilege as a fella from a small club in North Cork to be standing up here collecting a trophy like this. This competition means an awful lot, especially to lads who mightn't be involved in their inter-county setups. You know, and that's what it is mm-hmm. all about. And it was similar after the Sigerson final. You, I'm sure you've seen that interview yeah. with your man Tommy Joe from the Ulster University and he was in tears nearly as well and um, that shows what it all means and he he had a great finish actually to his speech he said one last public service announcement this is Colin O'Brien uh, anybody in front of our bus uh, are in front of Paddy Kelly Paddy Kelly's on the way home that's the pub in in, in Limerick move out of the way we're going straight to the pub <laughs> that's it like a fair warning um, no it is brilliant because like you talk like Whenever you hear Fitzgibbon Cup or you ever you hear Sigerson Cup, you can't almost mention them without mentioning all of the problems with like the calendar and uh, oh, is it too much football, too much hurling for these players? They're being pulled in every direction. Um, there's no room for it, and you know it's it's just so much negativity and whatever. But they do get on with it, and then when you see the celebrations and the com- camaraderie that the teams obviously have, and you know the bonds that they made and everything, you see like that this competition is more than worth saving. Like it's it's both of them are just. Uh, excellent like and I'm own thoughts like, I think it should be played I think most of it should be played before Christmas and um, play the finals uh, during the pre-season competition so there isn't too much of a crossover between the, the the county season I know a lot of people don't agree with that but for me it just makes sense especially when you watch like schools football and schools hurling and, and how brilliant it is and this should be the next evolution of that but you know you, you we don't get to see the best of it yeah it was actually Charlie Malone's pub Paddy Kelly's the owner so oh there you go just to um, <laughs> give him a shout but just on the game um, it wasn't like they were complete underdogs like they had some Dear Ryan Adam Hogan two established players for for Clare and they actually had a very good squad um, even though they were missing two corner forwards James Devaney and Declan McLaughlin they had good lads who came in um, and you know there was Joe Caesar from Tipperary from Holy Cross he was the man of the match because he did a very good job on Adam English who along with Mark Rogers would be UL's star um, and Adam Hogan and Mark Rogers had a bit of a ding dong there as well the two Claremont so uh, it was a good final and I actually I loved the setup. it was in Abbey Dorney and it was a real like you could see a farmyard in the background yeah. and it's not too often you see these grounds on the television it was actually a novelty to, to look at it that way mm. Uh but yeah, we don't have too much time left. We'll go through. There's actually so much happened um, this weekend. Uh, I'm happy to say Justin McNulty is still on fire. His duties up in Stormont are not. Mm-hmm. That's kind of died down. Yeah, a little uh, bit. Yeah, thankfully. I think people are already over it. Because he, he's winning. He's winning yeah. games. I'd say if he's I, losing I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, well, what's the point? He's skipping work. They'd be giving out to him in Stormont then if yeah. Leash were losing. But Leash beat Carlo. Uh, by 11 points they're on fire in fairness in, in Division 4 did you see the Carlo goalkeeper letting the kids take shots in them at half time the, the sub goalie yeah yeah that was amazing it was a good one wasn't that, it that was brilliant like why not do you know why like, not? and they had a ball you know they'd be saying that we took shots at the Carlo goalkeeper like you know yeah. they, they, they'll be thrilled with that uh, it's not such a feel good story for Wexford uh Leitrim got a late penalty and yes. it was it wasn't a penalty. No. There's no way even Emlyn Mulligan admitted it wasn't a, a penalty and Wexford were two points up. Um you can see the incident online yeah. and Leitrim scored a penalty to win. Like that's a cruel one. It is, it's really tough. When you're two it. up, do you know? Yeah, yeah, and the only way you can lose is by conceding a goal. And then Leitrim did well to work the ball forward. They kicked the ball in from an angle. It's going to cause problems, you think, but Wexford do really well to deal with the situation. And you're thinking, <coughs> that's great defending, great composure. You've done everything right. All your training's paid off. You know, well done. And instead, they've conceded a, a penalty for what is effectively nothing. As in, like, it wasn't even, oh, is it a penalty? Isn't it? Just, it just wasn't. You know, like, he, he didn't touch the fella. And yeah, Le- Leitrim were very fortunate there. Uh, big time. Um, we had two goals of the season contenders in the space of about three minutes in Park Tolshin in Navin on Saturday. 
Which one do you think was better, Matthew Costello or Tom Jackson? Both were unbelievable, but I like Matthew Costello's, I think, better because I just love someone who just runs with the ball and takes people on and it just looked like it was stuck to him, you know, and then there was one stage, you know, there's there's a screenshot I have um, just before he pulls the trigger and two loud defenders are ran into each other and the other loud defender his back is completely turned because he's been spun and it's just such a great moment that he like he literally twisted them inside out after this mazy run and then the way he like his finish is so deft I just think it, it was unbelievable but uh, the other goal wasn't a bad goal either uh, I thought Jackson's was unbelievable and it was it's not a goal you'd see too often because um, it's it was desperation they'd gone yeah. five points down at that stage and they needed a goal and he was just like, right, I'm going to shoot this. And it was a screamer. It was one yeah. that would get you out of the seat. Yeah, uh, pull a hamstring doing that one. Looking at it, yeah, <laughs> some lads would. Uh, um, and then, yeah, Tip- Tipperary had a bad result. Well, they drew with, with London. Uh, London are going well, should they? Um, they obviously beat Mayo earlier on in the year. In the, I seen the Tip lads um, went to... The Fulham match while they were over in yeah, London, I did the whole see that, the, yeah. the panel went to it, so it's a good way to uh, make the most of the trip. Why? Make the most of the trip. Why not? Yeah, at least they didn't lose. Otherwise, they probably would have got a lot more stick. Yeah, they'd have been obviously disappointed if they had lost. Uh, probably disappointed to draw, um, as it is. But uh, then Claire had probably the comeback of the. We're talking about the goal of the league. Claire, Claire had the comeback of the league. They were one ten to four points down. Five minutes into the second half and won by two ten to one twelve, so they outscored them one six to two points. Yeah, yeah. Later on, like that's no more no. even two. Yeah, two <laughs> two six. There was a big comeback now. Yeah, we're, we're yeah. leaving it that. I don't need yeah. to get into yeah. this. I get <laughs> yeah. the calculator. Here. Yeah, but they were. Yeah, it was fantastic. Yeah, and, and, and never day attitude like and. You, you can't help but feel for awfully a little bit like because when you have a lead that surmountable, you know you're thinking. You're golden, <laughs> but uh, to not even you know sometimes you hear teams coming back and getting and scraping a draw, but they they got away with with the win. Yeah, Kieran Downs got the late goal there, so uh, that's all we've time for this week. There's hurling and football next week, so uh, there'll be loads to talk about. So we'll chat to you then. Sports Joe presents the GAA Hour. sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusion Apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.